weekend of summer. I don't mean to be a downer by saying that, but we might have, I think we'll have a really beautiful start to fall, but we had a great, uh, mostly great last weekend in terms of weather. So I hope you enjoyed it. I spent a lot of my weekend at uh, the Toronto Food and Wine Festival at the Evergreen Brickworks. I've been talking about that a little bit the past few weeks. So this was um, the first time they were bringing this, the food and wine brand of festivals to Toronto and it seemed like a great success, great turnout, lots of fantastic vendors and restaurants and chefs and food producers were there just to really show, um, I guess, how much of an appetite people in Toronto have for wanting to try different food, support local businesses, and to learn more from chefs and farmers and uh, and people who are making the food that they're eating. So I was also, oh, I, I've probably mentioned a couple of times on the show that I don't eat a lot of meat. I didn't grow up eating um, a lot of meat. And so when I'm cooking for myself, I... You know, once in a while, if I go out, that's usually when I might, you know, have a bit more of a, a carnivore diet. But I took part in this cool event called Cochon 555. And we did talk about it on the show a few weeks ago. We had uh, the organizer, Brady, on the show. And he started it about seven years ago. And it's kind of like a, a traveling food event through the U.S. And this was the first time that the event came to Canada. So the goal of it was really to promote heritage breed pigs and the farmers who are trying to preserve these breeds and raise them um, as naturally as possible and who are trying to get people to think differently about the way they purchase their meat and to ask questions from the people that they buy it from and uh, and how the meat is and how the animals are, are raised and uh, and then ultimately how they're butchered. So it's an event really to kind of raise awareness. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be one of about 30 judges, which is a, when you think about it, 30 is a lot of people to judge an event. And it was made up of uh, mostly chefs and food types. A few media were in there. But, you know, Tyler Florence was a judge, Roger Mooking, uh, a couple of chefs from the U.S., some from across Canada. So it was really nice to kind of be in that mix. And what they did, this is how the event went down, was five local chefs each had a week to prepare a whole heritage breed pig. They had to come up with six different dishes for all 30 of us, and they had to played it and present it in a very short period of time at the Evergreen Brickworks. And it was um, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. And I encourage you, if you can, to, I mean, the event has happened already, but it's also uh, the awareness about Cochon 555 and sort of that education level, I think, is something to look into. Um, coming up later on the show, I want to tell you about the Furniture Bank. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's a great social enterprise that will accept um, or pick up your gently used furniture and give it to people who are transitioning out of homelessness or who may not be able to afford some basic furniture. You know, once rent has been paid and you know the, the most essential bills have been covered, sometimes, you know, a bed isn't at the top of the list. So this great organization will help people furnish their homes with a lot of things that you may not need anymore. So you can kind of give it new life. I'll be talking um, to the executive director of the Furniture Bank later on in the show. And they also have a great event coming up too if you want to know how you can pick up a really cool, very unique, one-of-a-kind piece of furniture from a celebrity designer. So that's coming up in the next half hour. Um, but my first guest in studio here, she has grown her 
tiny vegan juice bar into a successful business with vegan restaurants around Toronto uh, and abroad, which we'll touch upon later on. But you've got four best-selling cookbooks, plus the fifth. This is a new one. So Ruth Tall is here. She's the founder of Fresh Restaurants, and uh, she's going to stay with me tonight until 8.30. So congratulations on the new book. Thank you, Kay. It's so nice to be here. So now, four locations in Toronto, right? Mm -hmm. Fresh Restaurants? Okay. And it started off as Juice for Life. That's when it started back in 1999? Yes. Uh, actually, in 93, uh, it started as Juice for Life. And in 99, I changed the name to Fresh. And the first location was around the annex area. Is that um, or the war? Or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, the first location as Juice for Life was actually across from City TV, uh, Much Music Headquarters in the Queen Street Market. Right. Remember, it was, um, yes. Yeah, it was a market. Uh, yeah. It was 400 square feet, and uh, I was just a little juice bar and vegan cafe. And from there, I grew um, into the, remember Le Chateau on Queen Street? Oh, I remember Le Chateau. Because <laughs> it, it was also a really huge store yeah. on Queen Street. Because yeah. most stores on Queen weren't very big. That's right. That's right. They had a massive store and they had too much space. And so they kindly invited us to grow out of our, you know, kiosk into a proper I remember space. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think at some point they did end up regretting it because we were cooking so much basmati brown rice and <laughs> customers complained that they were taking their clothes home and it would smell like vegan food, <laughs> you know, like rice and vegetables. Like, what is so, the smell? <laughs> so eventually they were like, they asked us to leave, but we were there for probably, I think we were there for seven years. Oh, wow. It's yeah. longer than I thought. Yeah, it was a long, and we expanded once even further into the store. So mm -hmm. um, it was, yeah, that was great. And then we moved on to Spadina. But I think the the first restaurant, full service restaurant location that you're referring to was in the annex on Bloor Street at Bathurst. And, um, and then eventually, 10 years later, we moved into a really big space at Bloor and Spadina which is where we are now. So mm -hmm. we, we've we reinvented and grown several times, you know, from 15 seats to 30 seats to 45, and now all the locations have between 75 and 100 seats. So, so you have the location at Spadina, Spadina and Queen, essentially, and then Bloor yeah. and Bathurst. Bloor, and then, uh, well, oh, Bloor and Spadina now, mm -hmm. uh, Richmond and Spadina now, and then uh, Queen and Crawford, right on the Trinity Bellwoods Park yep. with the big patio, and our Fourth location, which we just opened last year, is at Young and Eglinton, just east of Eglinton. Um, sorry, just east of Young on Eglinton. So that's the newest location. And uh, yeah. we were mentioning off um, just before we started that it's been three years since your last book. Yes. So it was time. You were, so, you were due for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Every time we finish a cookbook, we're like, ah, oh, that's the last one. <laughs> And then I guess it's sort of like having a baby, you know, like at first you get like, a I'm never addicted? doing that again. And then a year later, you kind of forget and you get sentimental about what it was like and, you know, you, you, you glorify it. And so, yeah, this time around we, uh, and this is the biggest, the biggest, boldest, most ambitious book we've, we've published. So it's pretty exciting. Did you ever feel at any point that you, you know, planning it, um, that, how are we ever going to get enough recipes? Or was yes. it just that you had so many that you filled it up 
you know, well, easily. Exactly. That's the, I mean, that's when we realize that we have all these new recipes and they're not in any of the cookbooks, that's when we start to get the itch to publish again. Cause we love sharing the recipes and every month, um, we produce an, a totally original brand new recipe, which, um, we offer to the customers as a special, they're called monthly specials. So over a few years, you know, we end up, um, having quite a few that, that people love that are tried and true, but aren't in any of the cookbooks. And we, you know, you start to get people. And, and plus we have with each yearly menu revision, if a monthly special is super popular and people want it, it it'll end up on the menu. So then you end up with these menu items and people are like, well, how do you make the barbecue? How do you make the onion rings? Or, yeah. you know, how did you do the miso gravy? And, you know, they get mad if they're not in the cookbook. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, that's, it's a great way to test recipes too, without committing to it, I guess, on a new menu by adding yeah. it, just try it out, see what the feedback is, see how popular it is. Yeah. If it does well, you know, it could find a, a permanent home, uh, perhaps. Now, I, I love the the little introduction that you have in this new book. So the new book is Thank called you. Super Fresh, yes. Supernatural, Super Vibrant Vegan Recipes. And I will say for listeners that I know that a lot of our listeners are not vegan. I know that <laughs> a lot of our listeners are not vegetarian. Most of our customers are not vegan either. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we could support four restaurants mm-hmm. in, in any city in North America solely on vegans there just aren't enough vegans but there are like in-betweeners yeah and people on their way or just people who want to eat good food so they come in because the food's good and and it's not a major lifestyle choice yeah I think that's a lot of it too for for people for myself anyway I'm not vegetarian I'm not vegan but I love that it's um I can go there and just know that I can get a really great salad or bowl yeah. and and feel good about it yeah, I think it's, um, you know, too many isms, too many labels. I think you just every day, you know, what what's good for you. If you're if you're dialed into how your body feels and the kind of energy that you need to get through the day, you, you, you know, you can make it the right choice for you. And sometimes, yeah, eating a plant based meal is really the way to go. It is very energizing and light and yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Good so uh, uh, my guest is Ruth Tal. She is the founder of Fresh Restaurants. Um, as we mentioned, they've got four locations in the city right now. Also, they've expanded globally. We'll talk a bit more about that after the break. And also, I'm going to um, ask Ruth about her tips and ideas for getting people to eat more vegetables, more of a plant-based <laughs> diet without having to switch. You don't have to make that permanent commitment no. to being a vegetarian or a vegan. But a lot of people struggle with just making it taste good or just thinking right. that it it's it's too complicated. So we're going to help you out with that. If you've got questions, you can also text in at 71010. This is the Tay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. If you spent any time in Toronto, even if you don't live in the downtown area, you've likely heard of or you've passed a great vegan restaurant called Fresh. If you haven't gone in, you should. You may have walked by and thought, oh, I, I don't know. I'm not vegan. I'm not going to go in there. <laughs> but uh, my guest is uh, the founder of Fresh Restaurants, uh, Ruth Tall. You're here promoting your new book. So it's called Super Fresh, Supernatural, Super Vibrant Vegan Recipes. And you've got over 200 recipes in this book and it's a really beautiful beautiful book thank you thank you and I, I love just by the way I love the word super <laughs> I, super I remember when I was able to convince the editor and at <laughs> Penguin you know I think we should call it super fresh this time being the fifth one and they're like and they're like 
Do they okay. hesitate? No. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Because over the years, Jennifer and I, Jennifer is my co-author and partner. We've um, There's been something, some item in every single section, the salads that has the word super in it, you know, the super, super protein. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, so super is a good word. Well, and it's kind of there three times in the title. Super yeah. Fresh, supernatural, super vibrant, vegan yeah, we, recipes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really, really proud of this cookbook. Um, we love sharing our recipes with vegans and non-vegans alike and just showing we're able to, sh to, to show uh, the readers and people who are interested to eat this way. It's super easy. Uh, and it's... Um... I think that's the thing that <laughs> some people need convincing yeah. on because they yeah. think that... Because well, I'll, I'll look, you know, for example, at the beautiful bowl that you have on the cover and I think, wow, it's got so many components to it. And I know that I would love it because it, I know that it's going to taste amazing. Yeah. But I get intimidated about making it at home or doing the planning that's, that's required. Yeah, you know, um, all our dishes uh, um, on the menu and in all the cookbooks have a lot of ingredients, but we're not super saucy. Uh, we're not um, we're not complicated in in the gourmet sense. Our food is very mm -hmm. um, basic. Uh, we just love vegetables. Um, our meals are are designed around um, lots of different vegetables. And our sauces generally have just a few ingredients. Um, you know, we will do a mayo that ha you know uh, that just has four or five ingredients in it. And um, so what you what you're seeing all that all that vibrant color is just coming from vegetables. You know, you just have to be able to take the time to chop them. But if you have them, then it's quick. Yeah, it's not too yeah. it's not too difficult. Now, what about people who think that um, vegetables need to be I want to deep fried or <laughs> treated in some way to taste good. Because some people just have this, their their idea of vegetables is like, let's say, a really plain romaine salad or um, boiled carrots and, you know, steamed broccoli. Uh, because Whoa, that Rose, you know that. Awful. I know. But you know, a lot of people don't, um, yeah. or if they haven't had the experience of going to a restaurant like yours or somewhere where, um, vegetables really are the focus and maybe the heart of a dish then yeah. it's oh it's often like that thing that you add at the end for some color or that's what they grew up with is something that was a kind of was kind of bland right right and enjoying a plant-based diet is about um you know making it taste good you know and even if you're not um entirely a plant-based diet the food that you eat's you've got to enjoy it or you're not going to want to eat it again and again. It's got to be satisfying. So I'm Moroccan. My mom was a great cook and there, you know, she cooked with a lot of spices. Everything was colorful. It wasn't necessarily plant-based, but mm -hmm. we just apply those same. And Jennifer as well, my co-author and partner, um, you know, has the same approach. Like we, we love food. So being vegan, we didn't want to stop enjoying eating delicious, colorful food. And the fact that it's good for us um, and good for you is just an added bonus. That's sort of where we come at it. Mm -hmm. So you see our customers, um, you know, you have parents and grandparents and teenagers all coming in. Maybe, maybe the teenagers are vegan and they've 
pulled their parents in um, to eat with them, and the parents are shocked when they leave at being <laughs> full and thinking, "Oh, we could we could make this at home." Yeah, you know, that, that was delicious. Well, you've got some great things. They're like it's not just salads. I think that's one misconception about vegans mm-hmm. or vegetarians, um, which is like, "Oh, it's just you just eat salad all the time." No. no, it's not that. So you actually you brought in something. You brought in a burger that has, and I know these onion rings very yeah. well. These quinoa onion rings. That's right. That's right. We do we do some deep frying for sure, uh, and I have to say, our deep fried delicious treats sell very very well at the restaurant. They're you know like I, to my chagrin, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd like everybody to just live on salads because because I I'm I'm a bit of a purist for myself. But yeah, no, the the barbecue burger there has the quinoa onion rings and jalapeno peppers and has a barbecue sauce. But we make everything from scratch, so our barbecue sauce, for instance. It doesn't have any added sweeteners, and it's oh, all good. natural. It's mm-hmm. made from scratch, and it's low fat. Um, and uh, and then I brought you the phyto salad, which is the other a side beautiful, of the colorful green salad. It, it will. It looks like that, but it's um, it's um, cri- misleading. Because What's the crispy bit? <laughs> exactly, those are crispy onions, mm. and actually the base. Mm, um, is soba noodles. So oh, underneath um, those soba. microgreens and toasted nuts and uh, pistachios mm-hmm. and stuff are um, soba buckwheat noodles. And then um, the um, dressing, it's all about the dressing, right, with the salad. Yes. So, so a lot of our salads are very hearty and multi-layered. And, and then we have bowls. Um, so all these different toppings that you can put over buckwheat noodles or basmati rice. And they'll, they're very balanced. They have, and they're very hearty. They'll have beans and um, a pro- a source of real protein like tofu or tempeh, um, some great flavor accent. Um, yeah. And now we're doing tacos. So well, you're, well you're, you're, you're doing a lot of the like the trendy foods and the, yeah. and the quick foods that people are familiar with, but putting a bit more of a perhaps a greener plant-based twist on for them. For sure. A bit. For sure. Um, now, I know that being a vegan restaurant you also introduce a lot of the food trends or healthy items kind of before it becomes mainstream. And perhaps now things catch on and become mainstream a lot quicker. But I know that um, I've said on the air a couple of times that growing up in the early 80s, my father made tofu in Nova Scotia. Well, no one knew what it was. So it was a very hippie sort of thing and only a few people bought it. But to do what you do, which is to sort of introduce foods to people and say, hey, this is, you know, there's trendy terms like the new superfood or or whatever it might be. But things like quinoa, things like tofu, things like tempeh, Mm -hmm. matcha. Goji berries, maca, mesquite. Every year there's new stuff that we discover. What's on your radar now? Um, Well, right now I'm really into the Mm -hmm. superfoods. And they might, I mean, we're starting to see more and more of them, like the Himalayan pink salt, you know, switching over. Um, Yeah, goji berries, maca. Um, it used to be spirulina, the blue green algae was yes. really cool. And now maca, um, which is all about, um, increasing stamina endurance. It's from central and South America. Um, mesquite is also from central and South America. They're high protein powders that, um, are great in smoothies and shakes. Um, on the food tip right now, I, you know, I think we're just running with, um, 
the quinoa and um, a lot of the greens, microgreens were really, we've kind of moved away from sprouts. Mm -hmm. Sprouts were really where it was at. And we used to, sunflower sprouts, buckwheat sprouts, we used to use all <laughs> of those. Kind of sprout, yeah. <laughs> now we're loving the microgreens, like um, micro arugula, broccoli leaf mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um, See, this sounds very foreign to a lot of people. They're very new things. Yeah. And, and what I, you know, again, I just, I love food and I just, I'm always looking around same with Jen. So our passion and our mandate has always been to share, you know, which is why we write the cookbooks mm -hmm. and um, it's just to share it with as many people as possible, turn them on and get them doing this at home. That, I guess that just is what makes us happy, you know, and, and, and it's worked for you so far. It's been, <laughs> yeah, it comes from a good place. Yeah, and then it's, it's, it comes it's back tenfold because it, you know, people come into the restaurant, they keep us going and we can keep at it. So um, just very quickly, we'll wrap up by, by mentioning again that you've got four locations in Toronto. But congratulations because you opened uh, a location in Russia. Yeah, we have. It's so crazy. Of we all have, places to expand, you I went from know. Toronto to Russia. <laughs> you know, it was, it was one of those twists of fate. But um, we have two awesome locations um, in Moscow and um, this vegan couple uh, who passed through Canada and fell in love with Fresh and went to all the locations and bought the cookbooks, um, they convinced me to um, to give the young people in Moscow and all the people who want to eat healthy and be part of the world scene on that tip. They might not necessarily be vegan, but, you know, they, they just want to be healthy like the rest of us. Um, and being that Moscow just didn't have anything to offer in that way. And I know what that's like because 25 mm -hmm. years ago as a vegan, there was nowhere to eat for me. And which is why I opened the first um, Fresh or Juice for Life. So, yeah. So they just convinced us and they were able to get all the ingredients and boom, they made it happen. <laughs> it's been a few years since I've gone to visit. But, um, yeah, they're they're their social media presence is insane. Like really? they have a lot of people who really appreciate that's great that they're there or that we're there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think timing is everything too, right? So sometimes it's just the right place and the right time. Yeah. Um, congratulations on the new book, Ruth. I really Thank appreciate you. you coming in. Uh, I am giving away copies of the book Super Fresh later on in the show. So for your chance to win, just keep listening. I'll give you details on how to win that. And uh, after the break, I'll tell you what you can do with your unwanted furniture and give it a new home. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on Indian depth radio news talk 1010 this is the pay chen show on in-depth radio news talk 1010 hey thanks for tuning in tonight uh elliot and i are both trying not to eat the food that we uh, were given from Ruth from uh, Fresh Restaurants. Yo, because I, I need your hands to be clean when you push those buttons, Elliot. Well, I'm about to, yeah, push the buttons, then I'm going to eat. Are you really? You're going to eat while I'm on? Is that okay? Well, I'm afraid it's going to distract you. <laughs> I will be ready to go if anything <laughs> That's happens. That's fine. Eat your burger. But I, I really know you want it. You were very excited for I, it. I want to eat it. I know you do. And it's it's uh, it's getting cold. But I, know, I, I said to her, I said, don't worry. He'll eat it anyway. It's true. I am that type of person. <laughs> I just really like Fresh. I really thank you for having her on. Fresh is great. Um, yeah, you know what? I really, I love the restaurant as well. It's There's one on Spadina around the corner from me. It's, um, you know, it sounds like we're doing a commercial for it, but I think it's because we, we both just genuinely like the restaurant. Yes, I am a sincere fan. I'm not even faking it. Well, because you, you wouldn't have to say anything otherwise. Indeed. And uh, it's, it's, 
pretty affordable. I do like the idea um, because I know, well, Elliot, you are not vegan or vegetarian no. either. Neither no. am I. Um, but I do find that like the, there's a great menu, great selection of stuff that tastes good. So if you kind of wanted something that maybe wasn't the healthiest thing, like a green salad, yeah. you can go and get a burger and some onion rings and, you know, still have uh, feel like you you had a tasty meal. I get the Tiger Bowl. You ever had that? Um, does it have tigers in it? No, no tigers. That would be quite unvegan of them. <laughs> um, it has like fried tofu and uh, cashews and uh, napa cabbage. Oh, okay. Some tahini, I believe. It's great. I really. Um, like you know it. what I do like is uh, because, as I mentioned before, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record because I grew up eating a lot of tofu because mm -hmm. my dad made tofu. Mm -hmm. um, I have always liked it, but it's not something that a lot of people want to eat they'll go wow it's like bland mm -hmm. and i found that i could bring people to fresh and have and introduce them to the marinated yes. tofu which has like flavor and it tastes mm -hmm. good uh and that you could that was sort of like the gateway you know it's like oh look this this tastes good and oh it happens to be yes tofu as well no exactly but it's... that was also just because i'm like oh this is my dad's business <laughs> yeah no i can understand that's kind of cool you were early in the tofu game i was well but not by choice right just by birth right yes. i was early in the tofu game because my dad was making it uh growing up in halifax nova scotia in the 80s when really no one no one knew what it was i was gonna say yeah that must have been interesting yeah it was okay Go, you can have a little break now and enjoy your burgers. Thank you. So, uh, as I was mentioning before the break, if you've ever found yourself with some old furniture, like, and I think most people have at some point, either you replace your couch or you're moving, and that's when you start, you know, paring down what you need. Um, there is a great organization that will take your gently used furniture, your housewares, like your kitchen stuff, um, electronics, and give them to people who are trying to set up their own home. So, I've got Dan Kershaw on the line, the executive director of the Furniture Bank. Hi, Dan. Hi, Pei. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for having us. Now, I I love what the Furniture Bank does, and I I forgot you existed for a period of time. And the reason I remember that you existed very recently, just a couple of weeks ago, is because an acquaintance of mine was trying to help a family that she met through her grandson. So it was the classmate of her grandson, and it was um, the friend's family. It was a single mother who was working a cleaning job. She had three children. They were living in a small apartment, um, but they didn't have any furniture. They were sleeping on mats on the floor because, you know, once rent gets paid with your, you know, minimal earnings and some food gets put into bellies and their basic clothes and basic bills, furniture isn't, oh, is, isn't necessarily number one on the list. And sometimes the last thing. Yeah, exactly. And um, and so I we had kind of put out on social media looking for people who might have some furniture to donate. And a few people reminded me and they said, have you thought about putting them in touch with a furniture bank? And I sent that to her and I said, oh, I totally forgot this organiza organization existed. They might be able to help out. And in the end, I believe you actually did help them furnish the, the you know, the bedrooms for the kids and get them just the basics, like a, a table for them to eat at and do homework um, and a couch. So, I mean, that's a great success story right there. Yeah. No, it was great. I, I actually served them myself, and uh, they actually grabbed a TV and a few other things. Oh, that's fantastic. That you actually need to make a home. So, yeah, no, it was wonderful. So now the Furniture Bank, let's give our listeners uh, just a little backstory. So you've been around since 1998. Yes, yeah, 17 years. And the idea is basically to, I guess, you're sort of redirecting furniture that people don't want. 
Correct. So we, we very much believe that everybody deserves the warmth and comfort and dignity that comes from a furnished home. And unfortunately, uh, as you commented, a lot of people, we, we estimate about 20,000 people here in the city, are living without all they need to actually have what you and I would call a home. Uh, many of our clients are literally four walls and a floor, and that's their, their existence. Uh, so we work with agencies across the city and, uh, you know, could be refugees, could be formerly homeless, could be women and children who've left a, an abusive situation. For us, it's, you know, uh, it's really the reason they come to us doesn't matter. Uh, but we help them uh, get the beds uh, that they need, the dining room tables they need, the desks they need, TVs, whatever is needed to actually establish a home. And we do that five days a week, all year long. That's pretty impressive. And I know that it is people can drop off at your location anytime. Right. They right. can drop off furniture, but you also do have a service where you will pick up furniture, but, you know, uh, yeah. for a small fee. Yes, for, for a small fee. We operate, you know, similar to uh, you know, a junk company. As I say, um, we're, we are just very, very picky. We want really nice, gently used furniture that mm-hmm. still has lots of life left in it. Uh, and we'll send out our trucks and our teams and we'll come anywhere in the GTA uh, and come and remove that and bring it back to the warehouse and make sure that it gets an opportunity to go to a family who needs it. Uh, this year alone, we're going to be serving about 7,000 people. Uh, 1,000 of them are, are refugees. We've seen a 60% uh, uptick in um, refugees that have been using our service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're working you know, doubly hard, uh, having heard the news that even more refugees are going to be coming to the community. So what is it that you're looking for? What can people donate in addition to furniture? Uh, and it, well, furniture, we're always looking for dining room sets, mm-hmm. um, uh, really good mattresses, uh, couches, all the things that you might expect. Um, we, uh, as a charity, of course, financial donations are always welcome. We offer a, a tremendous volunteer program where you can work directly with clients uh, as they select their furniture. Um, and given the time of year, we also have a, a great uh, charity event called Chair Affair that's coming up uh, Friday, October 30th. Yeah, so tell me about uh, this because I, I know there's a lot of great designers involved. Yeah, we've got over 40 designers uh, that you might have seen on uh, HDTV, Marilyn Dennis, City Line, um, you know, people like Kate Davidson, Melissa Davis, Jane Lockhart, Andrew Pike, um, Karen Seeley, there's a whole, whole group of them. And they've all come into Furniture Bank and they've all seen what we do and they've gone and taken a chair or a piece of furniture that is really seen... Um, Seen better days, mm-hmm. and they've gone away uh, to reimagine it around a theme. And this year's theme is uh, from my home to yours. And it's uh, simply, uh, if I look at, say, Jane Lockhart, Jane is looking at designing, I think she has a sofa this year, uh, redesigning a, a very old sofa and turning it into something that, from her perspective, is something that she would have in her home. And that'll be put up for auction uh, on that Friday night. Uh, it's open to the public and really anybody who loves furniture and realizes what an important role it plays in our lives uh, is welcome to come. Uh, it's a, a great night. We've got some comedians and other other bits of entertainment. So it's a very, well, it is a, a charity event. It's sort of unlike most charity events um, that you might come across. So the, again, it's taking place uh, October 30th at the International Center. It's called A Chair right. Affair. and. Yes. Oh, and uh, the website, furniturebank.org. So people can go. So it's a ticketed event. So you buy a ticket, and obviously that's going towards uh, helping the Furniture Bank do the work that they do. And then also the auction of the, you know, they're one-of-a-kind designer pieces at this point. Yes, they are. Correct. You will never have, um, you'll never see this in a store. You'll see it once and only once. 
And it's your chance to like pick it up if you like it, if you have a favorite designer, you see a piece there that you just think, you know what, I should, it's a conversation piece to bring into your home. But ultimately, um, all going towards the fabulous yeah, work that you do. We're, yeah, we're trying to raise about $50,000 and that's uh, really going to be put towards supporting us, uh, expanding our activities as it relates to supporting refugees and other clients. Um, for your uh, News Talk 1010 listeners, we actually have a special promo. Uh, if you go to furniturebank.org and uh, buy tickets uh, mm -hmm. and put in the code 1010, uh, and you'll get 10% off the price uh, any ticket you buy. And if you want to see some of the chairs, we'll be down at the Toronto Fall Home Show uh, showcasing some of them. So oh, you can fantastic. get an early view there. Okay, yeah. great. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Pay. So that's Dan Kershaw, the executive director with the Furniture Bank. And if you want to find out more information about what they do, or if you want to volunteer time as well, because they could definitely use that. It is a charitable organization. Not everyone has money to donate, but if you have time that you might be able to spend down there um, and you want to find out more about Chair Affair, furniturebank.org is the website. Uh, taking a quick break, coming back, there is still a chance to win the new Great Fresh Cookbook, which I have copies of, so I'll tell you how you can do that. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. More with Pay Chen on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. Um, if you have been listening for the past 45, 50 minutes, you will know that uh, Elliot was given a giant burger and he since finished it. You're going to get indigestion. Did you even chew it? I don't waste time with things like chewing, hey. <laughs> I just get it into my body because I needed it. I didn't... How many... That was a pretty big... That's a substantial burger. So it was a burger from Fresh Restaurant yeah. that uh, Ruth Tal brought in. She's the founder of Fresh. Yeah. And it was a pretty big burger and you scarfed that back in about three minutes. I have very powerful incisors <laughs> like uh, Predators is found in the wild. I don't know. I just, I just crushed it. I don't know. I just pressed the thing down and did it. It's really impressive what you've done. I hope you're impressed. I I am. I'm a little bit in awe. Now, I wanted to mention as well, because <laughs> I've been talking about it through the show and people are getting frustrated, I'm sure, that I have copies of the book to give away. So this is called Super Fresh, Supernatural, Super Vibrant Vegan Recipes. We'll do this by text. You can text in at 71010 and we will randomly select uh, three people. Now, you have to send in your mailing address, please. So don't, it's not a race. It's not the first people to text in. So give me your complete name, full name, and full mailing address because uh, the books will be sent out to you. And text in at 71010 and do that in the next 10 minutes. Uh, anytime in the next 10 minutes, and Elliot and I will just randomly select three people uh, to win a copy of this book. And it's a really stunning book. It's just come out as well. So if you are interested in picking it up, it's just hitting bookshelves now. And um, it is really beautiful. And as we've been mentioning throughout the show, uh, Elliot and I, we are not vegetarian and we are not vegan, but we do enjoy tasty, good food. Very good. I was satisfied tonight as well. You, <laughs> you were very satisfied with this burger. So, again, when you text in at 71010, I need your name as well, please. Someone just text in with their mailing address. But uh, if we're mailing it to you, we need your full name and address. Thank you very much. And as long as you text in before the end of the show, you've got a chance to win one of three copies of this book. You know, yesterday, I don't know if anyone knew this. I don't even know if it's true or if my brother made it up. My brother is a RCMP officer. He's in uh, British Columbia. And he doesn't write to me very often. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> nope, he doesn't. Or, But now that he has a little baby, so my niece who's super adorable, and I will say 
because everyone thinks their baby is adorable and every baby is cute in some unique way. My niece, I think, is quite universally adorable. If you want to see her, you can always check out my Instagram, which is at Pei Chen, P-A-Y-C-H-E-N. That's also my Twitter. I do put up photos of her every now and then. She just turned six months. And she is truly a really adorable baby with the weirdest hair pattern in the world. She's got like this weird balding thing happening right now in the back, but kind of mullet-ish, I guess. Um, Anyway, since my brother's had a baby, now he texts me more often. Like he'll text me photos and stuff. I feel like it's actually made us as siblings a little bit closer because I don't get to see her very often. And he'll call me once in a while. We'll FaceTime with the baby. So anyway... As a long way of saying, he sent me a message yesterday and he said, it's it's National Thank a Cop Day. So if you see one, buy them a cup of coffee. Mind you, I get this at like six o'clock at night. And I said, because I thought I was being funny. I said, how about a donut? And then he writes back, donuts are fine. Like, am I the only one with a sense of humor in this family? <laughs> and I'm thinking, there's probably cops out there who are thinking, ah, I just don't, I do not need another cup of coffee. Like everyone wants to thank me today. So I don't know if anyone did thank a cop yesterday. If you did, you can text in 71010, let me know, because I don't feel this day was very well publicized. Um, the other thing I asked my brother, which I would like your feedback on this as well. You can text in at 71010. Okay. Two weeks ago, I was walking home from the station after I did my show. So I was walking home at 9 o'clock, 9, 10 p.m. on King Street, which is very busy, very bustling, really just totally safe to be walking out. Um, And uh, a group of guys, oh, I guess it would have probably been Labor Day weekend, and that's why there are more people than usual out on a Sunday night because they could still go out. So maybe it's three weeks ago. Uh, So anyway, I was walking down King Street, and a group of guys, like, kind of dressed up, looked like maybe they were going to either, you know, maybe coming from dinner or going to a club, perhaps, because now we're talking, like, 9.15 at night. So a group of young guys, 20-somethings, were walking towards me. Well, the sidewalk's kind of narrow, so I was walking really fast, as I always do. I walk with a purpose. And because there were so many of them, we ended up kind of walking, like, past each other very closely. So the one guy that was walking ahead, there's a group of about, of about five of them. The one guy was smoking a joint. And which I didn't know what it was until it got closer to me. So he walked, we are both walking very quickly past each other. And as he passes me coming towards me, he holds the, the joint out to me and he goes, want some? But I haven't stopped walking. Like He's doing this as I'm approaching and as I pass. And as he says, want some? You know what he does? He blows his marijuana smoke directly in my face. And I haven't stopped walking. Like he, he times it just so that just as I walk by, he blows it in my face and I'm walking. And I was like, I was kind of shocked because I was going so quickly. And the weirdest thing, I don't know why I even thought I could, I could do this. I actually thought about punching him. Like, it's like for a second, I thought I could pick a fight with a guy who has four friends with him, but it just like, it shocked me and it made me so angry and I will, I'm not saying it was cool of what of me to do this, but I shouted very a very bad word at him. <laughs> and I kind I thought like, oh my God, his friends are gonna like do something or you know, call back at me or or like try to intimidate me or something. Um, and they didn't, because maybe they realized he was such a jerk. But I 
I, I, I've never had been in a fight with someone, but um, Elliot, I have never been so tempted to actually, had I not been walking so quickly passing him, my reaction was really to swing around and punch him in the face. And then the, I, I texted my brother and I said, if I was punching someone who was like harassing me or catcalling me, is that okay? <laughs> and then he wrote, I think that's called assault. It sounds like this guy likes you. Oh my God, that is the I, worst. I don't. Worst. I think that might have been his way of saying either that or they were making a PSA. Like, uh, early, the way you were setting it up, it sounded like one of those drug PSAs from the '80s, where it's like you want some marijuana and like you want some, and then yeah. you blow. Oh no, he was just being oh. an obnoxious, obnoxious, moronic human being. I believe it. It sounds. It sounds that would fit the description. I just. I don't know. Guys have, you know, I'm one of them. So we're, we're I would not well, do this myself. I, um, so I wanted actually kind of like, I wanted my brother's blessing. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Like, look, this guy was bothering me. And if I punch him, is that okay? And then my brother being like law abiding copper was like, that's assault. Hey, uh, you should take a uh, Krav Maga classes. I've heard about that. That's like, that's weird street fighting. It's developed by, it was developed by the Israeli defense forces. And they, they know how to take care of people. That still wouldn't not be assault. <laughs> right. No, but you could, you'd could you be successful, I'm saying. I would be successful, probably. Hopefully. I think I would be. Um, very quickly, uh, this story came out about the most, and this is going to kind of gross you out if you're traveling, but this is a PSA now. You need to know this. Um, about the dirtiest things, the dirtiest spots on airplanes. Quick guess. You might be thinking washroom. That is not true. So um, this company did a, they tested samples based on multiple airports and airplanes. They took 26 samples. They found that uh, the dirtiest thing on an airplane, and this is what you should know about, is the tray table. It very rarely gets cleaned. It is actually like, it is almost eight times dirtier than uh, the bathroom. The next dirtiest thing in an airport is the drinking fountain button. So think about giving that a wipe. And then the overhead air vent, the toilet button in the washroom, and the seatbelt buckle. All of those, but don't ever eat food that's dropped on the tray table. It's the dirtiest, dirtiest, filthiest thing on the airplane. Just throw it away. That's why they give you that napkin, I think. Anyway, thanks for tuning in tonight. Paychen.com is a website where you can go. Thank you for your entries for the book. We'll have three winners already. And I'll be back next Sunday. Vinny White is coming up next.